Hey, everybody. How's it going? Hey, guys. Hey, Fab. Hey, Alyssa. Hello. Um, this is going to be an interesting show for, for, uh, for sales leaders because obviously, you know, a big part of the revenue engine is marketing and, you know, from personal experience and, and I might be wrong, I feel like sales leaders often neglect the marketing side of things and, and often the both teams don't completely work together as they should. Um, and obviously like sales leaders are busy, right? And they have their own thing and they're managing their teams and they're making sure that they, they and you know, and it's not their role to think about marketing, but, but um, Phyllis, I'm happy you're here because I really want to make, like, I want to make sure that they understand what's going into a marketing plan and why they should care about this. And so, Fab, I, I wanted to say I resent comment having been a sales leader, but I really have to say I resemble that comment. So, um, you know, in, in my past life, life, when I was running a big uh, team, you know, what we ended up doing is, you know, we, we saw marketing as this mysterious thing that happened and, you know, in a behind dark, behind in a down dark corridor. So I think it's really good to demystify it for the sales community so they understand what's going on. And, uh, you know, whoever wants to start their own business out there too, will be very much helpful. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. All right. Yes. Um, yeah, it's funny. I think about sales and marketing almost like two neighbors who own farms, right? One's like, I don't know, a cattle farm and one's a grain farm or corn farm. And they think they're not connected, but really like they share the land and the cows graze in the cornfields. And like there's there's so many connections, but they both feel like they're in these separate spaces and units. Yet they're um, not. And there's, and there's not necessarily, it's not necessarily true. And I think the bigger the organization, the more siloed these teams get. So especially when you're a small organization or you're a part of a growing or a rapidly growing organization, it's important to build that connection in terms of your processes and systems between the two groups right off the bat. Because then you have this very fluid relationship where you're sharing information, you're sharing insights, because ultimately you're two cogs in the same of like the same wheel, literally. Mm -hmm. um, and marketing's job is to bring in leads that are valuable and qualified for the sales team to then very easily and efficiently convert into a client. And so if marketing's not doing its job of bringing qualified leads and sales isn't doing its job of being aware and informing and helping to share information with marketing, marketing can't necessarily know that they're bringing in the right people for them. And so the onus is on both teams, I think, to transfer insights. Marketing mm -hmm. likes to go and do their work. So they go do focus groups and testing. And we talked about our customer. We figured who our client, our customer is, yada, yada. But really sales has an even better insight, depending on the industry, of who that prospect really is. Um, yeah. It's interesting when you get into products. So, you know, we come from more like telecom and I come from packaged goods. And that's a little different because the sales client is a retailer and not necessarily the end user. Marketing cares about the end user. Sales cares about most part the retailer. But mm -hmm. most organizations, especially when they're B2B, the two are the same. The prospects yep. mm -hmm. are the same. Um, so your client is the same as the people marketing is trying to drive leads for. And that's where it's really important for those two teams to share insights and connect. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I find what's interesting is that 
you know, because at the same time, and it's true, like in, if I put a RevOps hat on, like that's that's what you want, right? It's like a whole circle of like, you know, the marketing and the sales and the service and they're, they're all kind of looping in together. But at the same time, they're still very distinct practices, right? Like selling is very one-on-one, one-to-one. Marketing, I mean, we could get into the details. You know, obviously there's more ABM strategies that could be a bit closer to the one-to-one, but overall it's like one-to-many. And so there's still a lot of differences. And so I think the challenge is, is bridging that gap and like, and, and that's what I'm, what we're hoping to do a bit with the show, which is like to show the sales leader, like, Hey, this is what your neighbors are doing, right? Like it's, it's the end of the year, right? We're recording this on December 9th. Like marketing teams are working hard at planning next year. And I think sales leaders need to understand what's going on in the room next door. And hopefully it's not the room next door. Hopefully they're maybe involved in that conversation uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. Totally. It's, it's a good point. And I think to what, what's helped to bring sales and marketing together, I think is a lot of the um, automation and the, 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 the software, the SaaS world, which has made it much more cohesive in how these are generated. Um, you know, a good CRM example, HubSpot, Fab, you might have to plug, uh, that does both the marketing aspect and the sales aspect. So you bring it together and then there's much more transparency to both parties to understand the other party's world because they're connected and they're, they're linked to each other. So yeah. on that and, note, let's get going. I'm excited. Yeah, but I just wanted to say, it's funny you said that because, and, and Alyssa, I promise we're going to get into <laughs> this is the longest <laughs> intro ever. <Yeah. laughs> but I just spoke to somebody this morning who has HubSpot for their, as their CRM, as their sales tool, but they're running their marketing off of a different tool for budgetary mm-hmm. reasons. And I like have zero insight as to the impact of, of marketing. And I found so representative of what this show is about, where it's like, it's where you were Good mentioning point. before, the silo, right? Like there's a complete silo. And I can understand why a sales leader would be like, I don't know what marketing, <laughs> like I can't even see, like even if I tried, I couldn't see what marketing was doing. And therefore, and I find marketers often shoot themselves in the foot by staying in their little bubble and like paul mentioned like this magic box thing because you do have an impact on it it's not always easy and one-on-one to you know sales is easy like paul close the deal and that <laughs> that was it like but for marketing it's a little harder sometimes to show the impact but but uh it's definitely important to to, to be up there for sure yeah yeah totally and i think if we keep in the framework of um SMBs or even, you know, medium sized businesses, but those who marketing and sales share the same target, mm-hmm. it's an easier conversation to have. There's complexities when the two have different objectives sort of entirely, but yeah. when it comes to those who are service-based, B2B based, and the prospect is the same. Yeah. It's, it's so relevant. Like what should marketing should use sales as a gauge of the success of their marketing initiatives to some degree mm-hmm. their analytics in terms of view reach click through sure there's ways to assess your marketing machine that you've put into place in terms of its success in other ways beyond sales but first mm-hmm. and foremost the primary metric should be how much sales how much revenue did our marketing initiatives generate and in that case it's a two-part discovery session so if marketing is doing its analytics properly, it's saying, hey, we generated this many qualified leads for you sales. So of Mm -hmm. this many leads, how many converted to sales? And then you look at where the disconnect is. Okay, is it because they were brutal leads that you didn't get a real result? Or is it because there's some 
maybe just work to be done within the sales process that could be improved because marketing is delivering qualified leads and they're hitting a bottleneck when it comes to sales in terms of whether that's the proposal process or the follow through process or whatever that might be. So when the two teams work together, you can find out where there's um, a slowdown or not a failure, but like the balls are being dropped a little bit yeah. within the context of that machine. Yeah. And the instead really of instead of pointing fingers, you can figure it out because you're seeing the whole universe. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then you can assess yeah. too. marketing and go to sales and say, hey, what were these leads? We, I ge I, we generated this many leads. You had this many sales calls and HubSpot obviously allows you to discover that. Right. So at some point, the leads from marketing are being filtered into some kind of sales um, platform in which the team then makes calls or follows through to actually have a one on one sales conversation and turn them into a client. So at what point can you have a conversation and say, hey, what what were the people like who came through the door for you guys and have an honest conversation about that? And I think the way that marketing and sales can work best together, and especially in terms of marketing, creating a plan, and this is where sales is really important, sales gets that one-on-one -on -one interaction with prospects, whereas marketing does not, unless they're doing focus groups or they're circling back with clients and being like, hey, how'd you find us? Do you like us? Are we good? What do you, you know? Um, but it's more so sales that has that deep understanding of why someone chose you or didn't choose you, why they lost a prospect and why they gained a prospect. And sales mm -hmm. can inform marketing. And if marketing has a better understanding of the needs, wants, pains, gains, impact that the business has on prospects, marketing can then improve the quality of their work to bring in more qualified leads. Mm -hmm. Great. Good. Yeah. Cool. So... Jump in marketing plan. Let's just jump in. In terms of making a marketing plan, I'll give some insight there in terms of how I recommend organizations go about creating a marketing plan. And when I work with marketers or business leaders in a marketing capacity, this is what I recommend. And I think it might be helpful for sales leaders to have a sense of, and not every business does it this way, but this is my recommendation. And it might be helpful for those of us or for those who are listening in our audience who are business leaders, who are kind of their salesperson predominantly because they're the CEO or maybe the founder of an organization, and they're kind of putting on a marketing hat half the time because they don't really have a marketing lead. So this conversation right. is meant a little bit for that hybrid person, um, but yeah. I think really helpful for a sales VP too to have an understanding of this is what I recommend at least when I'm a fractional CMO for organizations. Um, if they don't have insight or or a background of, of a marketing person's like process of generating a plan. Um, cool. So the plan comes in almost three parts and I'm, I'm preaching what I always do in that the most important thing for any marketing plan or any marketing strategy is knowing your customer, knowing your target prospect who makes mm -hmm. you the most money, who's most likely to be converted into a sale. And that should be the same person for sales and marketing for the most part. So it's who's that ideal big fish client that we want to nail, that we want to connect with, that we want to have get wind of us and contact our team for a call. And that's really marketing's job. So once they have a really clear understanding of who that person is, and I encourage them to connect with the sales team to get a better sense of their perspective on who that person is. So you can make this amazing two-brained combination of who this individual is. Um, from there, you put together a plan of the best way to connect with this person. And mm -hmm. I like to do it by brainstorming as many marketing tactics, business development tactics, communication tactics that you can think of and just dumping it all in a list. I like to use stickies digitally, um, just brain dump. And sales team can be a part of this too, because yeah. you might have a sense of where you can connect with their prospects. Um, 
or a better and sense that's... of where there could be some follow through from the marketing team on those who fall through the cracks in the sales part. Maybe there's an email funnel of those who are not yet that sales can kick back to marketing and then marketing can keep drumming up that that business and keep grooming those prospects that were not yet, um, but may eventually come around in six months to a year. Mm -hmm. um, so and I feel like sales is so together, often, I feel sorry to interrupt, but I feel like sales is so often uh, has so much value at that point, because especially if we're just doing a brain dump, right? Of everything you could do. And, you know, obviously there's always a, the wise salesperson that thinks they're a marketer and, you know, like, Hey, let's just email everybody in the database and stuff like that. But I think because you're in an ideation process, I think that's okay. Uh, and I think sales needs to be in, needs to be at that table because like you said, it's marketing stuff, but it's also biz dev stuff. And, and, and it, it, it will encourage, I hate that word, but synergies between those two teams, right? And, and those efforts, sorry. Yes, exactly. Brainstorming together details about the prospect to refine that prospect is definitely a group effort. And then, yeah, brainstorming all the best ideas in which you can reach and connect with that prospect is, is awesome for sales to be involved in. And then from there, I recommend, um, especially if you're a smaller team, and this is a job that marketing could probably do, but I think sharing it with sales too would be valuable as a next step is to basically prioritize all those initiatives. So mm. I basically make a very simple grid. If you imagine a grid on the top, you have, um, uh, high cost, uh, low cost, and then easy to execute, um, and difficult to execute basically. And you put the initiatives in, oh, no, sorry. It's not high cost, low cost. It's um, uh, makes a big difference. So it makes a big impact, makes a low impact. Yeah. So impact on top, high impact below low, easy to do, difficult to do. And then you just pop all the initiatives in those four quadrants. And then obviously you build your plan for the most part out of your top two quadrants of what makes the biggest impact that might be easy to do and what makes the biggest impact that might be difficult to do. And by difficult to do, I mean like overhauling our website because that means there's a marketing cost involved and a bit of time and quite a bit of work and effort and brain power to do that. Um, easy is, you know, changing our, improving our LinkedIn um, page so it better represents our company. Uh, it could be popping up some extra social media posts. Um, so things that are easy to execute. And then from there, you basically put together a marketing plan of taking those top three, four, five tactical initiatives that the team on whole has decided will be the most valuable things to move forward with to generate our growth goals, whatever those might be. And that becomes your marketing plan. And then from there, you can get more granular in terms of tactical execution and you assign people jobs and you hire the right people. Um, but that's essentially how it works. And I think it makes sense to share that plan with the sales team too, of saying, hey, here's how we're going to drum up leads for you. Does this feel good? Um, do you think we're missing anything in terms of from a sales perspective here? How can mm -hmm. we integrate it better with with sales with HubSpot or um, you know we're using Salesforce. How do we make sure that connects well with HubSpot? If there's a disconnect in terms of their platforms, you can have that conversation there um, when it gets to the plan. So you're not executing it and then having this bottleneck disconnect as you yeah. execute. Yeah, and and I and I really like that because then it's it's very concrete as to what's what's going to happen. And I mean. We could argue, I don't know, Paul just disappeared. <laughs> He's like, Paul's like, I'm out of here. I've turned um, on the lights. Sorry, I'm listening. I was here. I was here. But but what I liked about that, it's and because it, we're talking about, you know, like why sales should care. Like obviously they'll care because it's it's part of how leads are gonna be brought in and, and the brand's gonna be 
recognized as well. Um, but I, I'm almost seeing, and maybe I'm being too idealistic, but like almost seeing like a joint plan, right? Because part of the initiatives could be, you know, your prospecting and your outreach efforts and your LinkedIn messaging and your cold emails. And I could see this how as being a whole congruent biz dev plan, for lack of a better word, which includes marketing initiatives and sales initiatives. And it's almost as if in your marketing plan or whatever there's there's a section for what sales is doing and then they can both see how you're working together to, to achieve your your lead goals yeah it's true and i feel like in <clears throat> larger companies there's a real disconnect as to when you pass off that individual from marketing to sales so mm -hmm. um in some cases, you almost need this almost disqualifier middle section. I think we've talked about this before a little bit of yeah. when does marketing actually pass on that name, that contact to have sales and who picks up? Like say there's a, say you have a really great lead magnet on your website. People are, um, the marketing team has ads. So digital ads that they're drumming up leads from, and there's a conversion element in terms of we're inviting people to give us their email for something in return, what's that email list? Like, does that go to sales? Does marketing then need to further disqualify them before it goes to a sales call? Because sales calls take time and energy. Um, they're more labor intensive. Is there a middle section that has to be done to actually figure out if those really are qualified leads or if they just wanted to download your free item, but they're not really of much value to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're right. We, we spoke about the middle part, but that's that's definitely needs to be reviewed I mean, if anything, yearly as to how how that happens, because I mean, and, and yeah, you're right. The sales team absolutely needs to get involved in that discussion because this is about transferring leads over. And how do you determine that a lead is, is qualified, right? And then sometimes some teams, you know, offline, unless we're talking about like how, how busy we were and I was talking about like the cyclical nature of it and sometimes some sales you know like a lot of businesses are cyclical whether it's just because there's a down because of the holidays or because of the summer breaks or whatever um and sometimes what i've seen just personally is like salespeople who are in a down period you know get less qualified leads because there's less people that are filling out your lead magnets and answering like answering your ads and and, and whatnot and so they like the idea of being able to go to maybe leads that have not yet been qualified and to do the extra legwork when they're in a in a downtime, so definitely having a clear idea of like bucketing your your leads is is super important. Mm -hmm. Yep, and then I think it's important to be transparent too in terms of analytics of what we're using to drive success and sharing that amongst the two teams, so sales leaders are aware of what marketing's using to account for success. Because then you don't have that disconnect of oh, we had a great time like our marketing plans were amazing and sales is like actually no because we didn't make any sales off of them right so if there's buy-in from the start of okay this is how we're we're assessing whether this is a success or not sales team does not make sense for you like we're assuming that if we bring in this many leads and you're able assuming you're a superstar salesperson you're able to convert like 50 percent of them are you going to consider this a success like does that mean we're bringing you qualified leads um, you know, and if that's the case and they're like, yeah, they were all great leads, but then for whatever reason they fell off, then it's a, oh, maybe we should assess the sales situation. Or if the sales team is like, no, like no one I talked to from this marketing initiative resulted in a sale, then there needs to be some reassessment of, okay, maybe we targeted the wrong person or maybe we, with our messaging, we weren't quite connecting with the right prospect. 
Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So there's less finger pointing and more problem solving together. Yeah. 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 The finger pointing is like definitely a big killer within those groups. Right. And, and that's easy when, when things go wrong and, and that's, and then you have like marketing is like, well, you know, look at all these leads and sales is not doing anything with them. And then sales is like, well, they're all horrible leads. So I'm not going to do anything with them. And, and then, you know, but nobody wins from that. Right. Sales are not doing their numbers, marketing it. And, and it's actually, a double-edged sword because usually sales ends up not doing their numbers and marketing looks like they are because they're generating the qualified leads, but, but there's clearly something wrong. And then that's where the animosity kind of starts, starts building. So I like this problem solving. uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's crucial. And uh, you know, the more, the more I hear this, the more I realize that working in silos, it's it's just not going to happen. You're, you're creating a void. You're creating no man's land for people to blame things. And you're going to, you're going to miss the whole point of, of having, uh, the success of the company, you know? I mean, yeah. yeah. And I think ultimately, ultimately it's a customer experience thing, right? Like if you're siloed, the customer experience is siloed as well. Like, and yeah. that's what we tend to forget, right? Like your ads are one thing, blah, blah, blah. And then nobody gets back to you because there's no efficient way of transferring it to sales or, or you're sending the, you know, the salesperson looks at it like this isn't a good lead, but you know, like these are all gaps in your customer experience, which in the end definitely hinder your sales because you know, sales um, customers don't have the patience to wait around for you to to decide to call them or to reach out to them or, or whatnot. Yeah. Yep, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you you teach this, um, Paul, and what you you know when you in your sales consulting work, but it's important too for sales team members to remember that it's their job in a lot of ways to help the larger team to really assess why a prospect turned into a a sale or not and asking the right questions of oh hey why didn't you choose us was it a price thing was it a you know did this feel like a fit for you and that's really valuable information not just for them obviously to improve their ability to close a deal but also if they're discovering that there's a connection or a consistency amongst those quote unquote failures, they should bring that back to the marketing team and say, Hey, you know, consistently I've had these guys always say like, Oh, but I thought you did this. And then I came to the table in the meeting and you don't do that. And then I was disappointed. And, and that's, you know, that's not to, to knock on marketing to come to the table and be like, Hey, look, I discovered something that made us have the wrong leads here's some great info so you can tweak yeah. your messaging or tweak your yeah. ads or tweak your content and marketing wouldn't know that otherwise. So unless there's that transparency, like you're just doing each other a disservice. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Key. It's key. It's key. And, and, you know, we've, you know, Fab and I started this podcast how many years ago, Fab? Um, it's almost three, three? years. Isn't it? Yeah. Three, so uh, when we started this pod- podcast, it was all about, you know, bringing marketing and sales together. So, and, and I think it's fab that once said sales and marketing are the same thing. They're, they're, you can't divide them. It's like saying your head yeah. is not part. It's like saying your arm and your legs are part of a different entity. You, you know, you, you need your legs and you need your arms. It sounds stupid, but it, it's what it's the way you have to think. It's one symbiotic, sim, symbiotic body. You know, we can maybe yeah. just stick procurement on the outside. Yeah. I was just a joke. <laughs> I don't think you're yeah, but by, by a sales team, by the sales team members being really transparent about what's working and what's not, they're helping themselves. Because yeah. if marketing's bringing you better leads, they make more sales, they have better numbers, 
they get a bigger bonus, everyone's happy, everyone's growing. So yeah. Um, yeah. it's almost like the onus is on them to pass that information back because yeah. if they don't, they're just hurting themselves, really. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and it's definitely, and it's a fact check. Like there's so many, so many levels of, of quality there. Cause it's like, it's also then it's like, you know, I remember being in a situation when I was in charge of demand gen, where it's like the, 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 the need, the volume was so high that the quality of the leads was, was going down. And we sat with the sales team and they're like, why are you sending us these leads? I'm like, well, the, the quantity that you need is so high. And so then, you know, I'm pretty sure the discussion didn't end up very healthy, but it's more of a traditional sales marketing conflict. But, but you know, then it's also enlightening for the sales team to be like, well, well wait, why, why do we need so many leads that now marketing is forced to give us these less qualified leads? And and that's that's an indication to work with with somebody like Paul or whatever that maybe the part of the sales process and part of the training and part of the coaching isn't up to to par. So that's you know that's how also part of that discussion with marketing can highlight certain elements also within the sales team. Totally. Yeah. totally. And, you know, and often a lot, and Fab and I've had this conversation. Um, a lot of people don't even understand their sales process. A lot of, of what, well, less now, but a lot of people just go with a gut feeling and an instinct. So if you're on gut feeling and instinct, it's very hard to explain to anyone what's going on. So you much, much less uh, to marketing or to anyone. You're just like, well, how, how do you do yourself? I don't know. Just, does this what kind of clients do you want well i don't know one's a buy you know so so <laughs> sales does sales should be put like get to work and tell us what kind of clients you are or else marketing can't do its job properly and and and, and you know work together you know no more silos yeah. yeah 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 exactly and and i think marketing shouldn't be on its high horse either so they need to be open to getting that feedback because marketing's yeah like sitting themselves as the keeper of the brand, the keeper of the messaging, the creator of the messaging and the brand. But you only can build a strong brand if you have a deep understanding of your customer. And yep. that deep understanding of a customer actually comes from sales. You can do focus mm. groups galore, but a salesperson who's in one-on-one -on -one conversations all the time with prospects, who's landing deals, who's keeping relationships with clients, knows them best. And so mm -hmm. a good marketer looks to their sales team to get deep insights on prospects. I've got to say, I've been getting this vision throughout our whole conversation. I get this flashback of Mad Men. And <laughs> I'm seeing... I'm seeing how, you know, in the old world of marketing or advertising, they didn't ask much to the client. They just sort of thought up of a great idea and they put it out there. And because probably advertising was so new and, 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 and B2C clients were so naive and bought anything that the fifties were like this, this beautiful era where you could, you know, spoon feed anything to anyone. So they were, that's probably where the whole era of, well, marketing doesn't need to know what's going on because, we just will mm -hmm. tell you what you need, you know, but obviously yeah. in this, in a B2B world, which is what we're talking about most of the time yeah. in a B2B mm -hmm. world, the, 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 the product and the service is often very complex and, and, uh, and, and, and the, the, also the, the client is much more complex. So there needs to be a symbiotic relation. And honestly, where, you know, in, in a B2C world, you know, 50 years ago, you know, the, the consumer and the marketing were the marketing was almost driving the cool factor. So the consumer wanted to join it. Now it's like they're much closer together and sales and marketing need to work much closer together. Cause there's a, there's a specific purpose to what's going on 
And it's it, it's very often utilitarian. You know, in the B2B world, it's very rare that you're selling a sexy product. You're selling something that's going to help your client move objectives forward. And sales and marketing are a lot closer together in that world. So that whole mm -hmm. romantic vision of the 50s where, well, there was a romantic vision of the marketing advertising. And there was also a horrible view of what salespeople were in the 50s, right? Like kicking tires and ramming things down people's throats. So it's like a Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross thing. Whereas now I think, you know, sales has moved much closer in, 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 in their goal and their desire to help the client rather than just put a buck in their pocket. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And I think there's a definitely a different world between like what we know of as the, the Mad Men style or even the large Fortune 500s that we maybe come from where it's a difference between like packaged goods reality where your end user is different than your distributor or your retailer. And so for that reason, sometimes there's a disconnect between sales and marketing in terms of who their priority is with in terms of selling to. Um, and that's where there tends to be a bit more clashing heads. But I think it's quite easy for a very symbiotic relationship to be developed in a growing B2B, service-based, or even product-based business where the prospect is the same on, on both sides. Yeah. And maybe it's mm -hmm. up to like a senior leader being a general manager, or um, maybe sometimes you have a VP of sales and marketing at smaller organizations, and they maybe have junior directors underneath them. It's important for that high-up leader to build that symbiotic connected relationship from the get-go. So what we're really and saying sure their is the way their marketing to... lead are like BFFs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what we're really saying here is to build a proper marketing plan, you have to include sales. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I think in I mean, a lot that's... of times. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think it's not always, it's, it's doing the core work and having regular touch points. Yeah, Cause yeah. I think some salespeople will be like, I do not want to be a part of the marketing plan, but if marketing brings them in or they have touch points where here, we're going to do brainstorming together to make sure the machine runs smoothly. So they're almost like machine meetings. If you think the whole customer journey being like one long machine, we're going to have strategic machine chats and then we're going to go off and execute our separate plans and yeah. keep connected and share them and get each other's perspectives. Um, but having cons like consistent tap-ins of, is the machine working for you? No. Okay. Let's figure it out. Is the machine working for you? Yeah. Okay. Let's <laughs> like, right. So um, yeah. yeah, talking about the machine, I would say, or the organization yeah. that is. <laughs> so. And it's also, you know, having worked with a lot of different organizations, I think for some, you know, qu a qualified lead, you know, I like really that part of our discussion that they were talking about, like, like after the, the person fills the form or, or interacts with our, our chat or, or whatnot is, is, um, you know, for some organizations, it's really easy to qualify a lead because a lot of the information that they need to qualify the lead, obviously beyond, uh, before like all the, the needs and the, the, the pain points and all that stuff that sales does. Uh, it's a lot easier, but for some organizations, it's actually really hard to qualify the lead from the outside, just because, you know, you're working, you're selling uh, accounts receivable software. It's like really hard to understand what's broken internally without having sales. And so by having those touch points, you can, you can actually have a very uh, honest discussion about, well, this is, this is as far as marketing can go. Like we can get you somebody who's like a CFO or whatever, but you know, beyond that, it's going to be really impossible for us to go see what what software they have. And but if you take somebody like me, like I could just go on somebody's site and know right away if they're using HubSpot or not. And so if 
if they're not, I know what kind of conversation to have. And if they are, I know what kind of conversation to have. And so uh, that's what I like about also including sales and having those regular touch points is that your, your post conversion can become very dynamic and adaptive and, and hopefully improve over time. Yes. Exactly. And that's where it's it's up to the senior, senior leader to make those, um, you know, let's talk about the journey. Let's talk about the organism on whole chats, because sometimes people get precious of, oh, I have to bring sales into my marketing meetings. What? And versus the same way of sales. Oh, why do we bring marketing? Like they don't understand what we do. So it's, it's taking it to a different place in terms of, okay, we're going to work as a team to work up here right now. Um, cause we need to connect better and, and speak better together as one example. Cause I take it to a smaller level often because I'm working sometimes with smaller teams. Usually let's say I'm the fractional CMO for, um, a small business and I'm mainly working with the founder or the general manager who's predominantly focused on sales. And the reason I'm brought in is because they're not as comfortable and confident in marketing. Um, we had one example where we were doing ads. So we had a digital ad campaign and my client was able to say directly like, Hey, I keep getting like some garbage leads. They always keep, you know, they keep saying this in particular, and they're not quite the kind I was looking for. So when he shared that with me immediately, I was able to go back to our ads team and say, Hey guys, we need to tweak this. How can we tweak our landing page to make sure we disqualify these people and garner more interest in these people. And that's a micro version. But when you think about that on a macro level with a large organization, that conversation still needs to happen but it doesn't. And so then marketing keeps generating the wrong content and they keep getting yeah. bad leads. And so, um, yeah, and then it's easy sales to do when then but it's hard to yeah. do when there's a team of 20. Yeah. Cool. Well, Paul, I know you have a hard stop in 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, can you, Alyssa, I think like your, your three points, I think were really interesting. Uh, can yeah. you maybe summarize with that? Yeah. Yeah. So in summary, um, I would say as a marketing person, I think sales is incredibly valuable. And the insight that sales has, marketers she's should. She's just saying partner. that, Fab. Uh, she's just saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying that to appease you. And at the same time, I think sales should really take it upon themselves to inform yes. and support their marketing teams because they have insight that the marketing team does not. And so if both are open to exchanging insights and information, you have a way more successful sales, selling, revenue, generating growth machine that is your organization. Um, mm -hmm. And in terms of building a plan, yeah, I think sales being involved at the onset to really get a clear understanding of who the prospect is and a clear understanding of some of those top um, awareness driving, business development driving initiatives is really helpful for the sales and yeah. marketing team to come together to do. Great. Awesome. So can I add something here? Yeah. Uh, you know, coming from the sales perspective, so I, I love this because I think what you're, what we've really said here is to build a proper marketing plan. You obviously understand you have to understand the whole uh, universe of what you're 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 trying to achieve, and that involves many players in the company, not just the marketing team alone. And uh, to me, it's funny I'd never thought of it that way before, honestly. And you know, I thought that it's good to have synergies, but when you guys are laying it out so obviously today, it's like, well, yeah, well, of course, you know, this is logical. You have to do it this way. Um, so, yeah, thanks, Alyssa. I think that was very uh, informative and really interesting from a sales guy's perspective. Um, Fab, how do you, I mean, Fab, you must love this because it brings both the worlds of HubSpot together. <laughs> uh, so. Two out of the three, it does. 
Um, I mean, to me, I, I could see it like, the, you know, without uh, making any, trying to make anybody feel bad, like teams that neglect marketing always have a harder time with their, their sales. And, and it's, it's, it's often a matter of time, right? Like sometimes like sales is doing well enough that things are going. And then at some point they're just like, they hit against a wall and then they're like, I don't know what else to do at this point. And, and often there's work to be done with, with somebody like you, Paul, to, to like review how sales is doing things. But more often than not, it's because but you're missing a whole chunk of the customer's journey, right? You're just kind of hoping that your salespeople are, are cold calling enough that they're reaching the right people instead of like speaking to the people that are actually out there uh, invest, determining if they already have a problem, do they are potentially. So if you're cold calling them, they're like, no, I don't have a problem. I'm good. But, you know, if you're putting content out there, if you're doing your marketing, if you're doing that, you're able to like bring them to your environment. And so, yeah, to me, it's, it's, it's clear, like from the, when you take a step back and I understand that both teams operate very differently and, and there's, it's, it's normal that there's friction. Um, but, but I can see clearly the teams that, the companies that have the most success are the ones that, that do both and combine both um, because you can't just win off of cold calls. It's just, it's just the reality. I mean, just like in the same way, depending on what you're selling, you can't just win off of inbound leads either. Right. Like, you know, you need both. Yeah. Yeah. I, hope I, I think with the reality of sales stacks today, like it's easier and easier to get them to come together too. I mean, I've got to say, yeah, <clears throat> I mean, yeah. I mean, we're not going to plug HubSpot too much, but you know, that's, that's definitely one of the reasons I like it so much is because it's all there. It's all in front of yeah. me. There's no integration to do. It's all on the it's same place where they can come both, together. Yeah. Both yeah. departments can, can appreciate each other's data too. So, I mean, there's, there's great, there's yeah. great synergy yeah. that word you love. And it forces so. transparency. And I think that's yeah. the best thing. Any platform yeah. that forces transparency and forces the two teams to yeah. problem solve and work together because they're both operating in the same space is valuable. Absolutely. Cool. Alyssa, it's always fun. We'll see you next month. <laughs> Thanks, All right. Folks. See you next month. Right. Thanks, Take Alyssa. Care, everybody. Bye, Bye. Bye.